Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. want to welcome you back to the Pixie Dust Podcast. Annie Fry, your host uh, for this episode. Doing this one solo this time. Erica Murphy will rejoin me next week. Erica is my general co-host for this episode of the Pixie Dust Podcast, but she was unable to make it this time. So I am going to walk you through my upcoming Disney vacation. It's this summer, late this summer, and it's with my family. And I thought, what better way to talk about Disney World with you than to tell you what I'm actually going to be doing with my family. So one of the things that I have learned in the the process of planning a Disney vacation, it's that if you decide to go back again, you will learn lessons from your first vis- Disney vacation. You will then be able to apply those lessons that you learned to maximizing the next one. And also, if you have taken subsequent visits to Disney World, the chances are that the, the, um, the way you go through the process of visiting Disney World, it's going to change a little bit. So first, let me give you some backstory. The first vacation that my husband and I decided to take our kids on to Disney World was in the summer of 2018. The reason why uh, we, we decided to go to Disney World was kind of an interesting reason as well. So my husband and I, we had a, a, a rough 2017 year just in our family. It was, it was just kind of a tough year to get through. You know, everybody, everybody experiences those years that are a little bit harder than maybe some of the others. Uh, but come 2018, we had had a pretty good year. We, uh, my husband had started a, a new job a, a teaching in a new place, really was doing well, was, was really enjoying himself there. And I also had started a new job being a radio show host in St. Louis, Missouri, full time. I had worked at the radio station that I had just gone to uh, take the hosting position with. I'd worked there for almost 10 years. But as a position opened up, I was able to take that, and it was just a really exciting time. And it all kind of happened in the spring of 2018 when when this culminated for uh, myself to be able to get that, that job. It put us in a position to celebrate, and we were pretty excited to do that. Now, at the time, I believe our kids were, let's see, eight uh, just turning six, like six on the vacation, and two. And it occurred to us after we did a little bit of research that Disney does not count two-year-olds as, uh, you know, like whole cost-worthy people when you go to Disney. Two-year-olds don't have to purchase food if you're on the dining plan. Uh, You can share 
your plate with them. If you go to a buffet and you have a two-year-old or younger, then the uh, kid can eat off of the buffet without having to pay for it. So it's going to be a bit more cost-effective to go with that two-year-old. Also, and very importantly, two-year-olds do not require park tickets to take that trip. So we thought, you know, let's let's consider what we have in front of us. We want to take this vacation. We knew that at some point in time that we definitely did want to um, we did want to take that Disney World trip and being in a position where maybe you are. Maybe you were when you first started listening to this podcast. We didn't know anything about Disney World. We didn't know anything about uh, the, the actual real cost of going to Disney World. We didn't know anything about the amount of planning in, in fact, I would say that going into it, we assumed that it was going to cost just an exorbitant amount of money and that the planning was going to be super arduous. And the interesting thing about it was that both of those things kind of turned out to not be true and in some cases not true at all. One of the reasons why I advocate significantly for using a travel agent is because that first year I did not use a travel agent. Erica, I had not met yet, did not know her to be a travel agent. I don't even know if she had, I don't even, I'm not even 100% sure that she had started uh, working as a travel agent with Magic Expeditions at that point. But in the midst of my planning, we kind of connected. She found out I was going to Disney World. She told me how much she loved Disney World. And we basically connected on, on that specific issue. And while I didn't use her to plan my vacation, I had to immerse myself in all things research, in YouTube videos, in in reading articles and finding out where the sources of information were to make sure that when I did take this trip that was going to cost a good penny, that I knew what I was doing, that I could make the most of it. Because my husband and I, I, I guess it's kind of funny to think about it now, my husband and I intended this to be the Disney trip. Let's take this trip. We'll we'll do the Disney thing with the kids. Everybody will be happy. We'll have the memories. And then, you know, maybe in the future we'll take trips to other locations uh, and, and know that we had, had, had done the Disney thing. So in the midst of trying to plan that first trip and immersing myself in the information, I actually ended up, because I, I love research, I love trying to maximize those those trips uh those planning processes i i like to you know try to be the best at making sure that i have all of the information that i can have to present to my husband and say this is why i think we should do this and and just you know making it a learning process along the way i found that to be fun and exciting and entertaining and once that i did that and we we took the vacation i realized that even some of the things that i researched even some of the things that were very consistent from article to article to article didn't necessarily make the best decision for my family. It's kind of interesting here on on this podcast specifically where we try to teach you how to, uh, you know, I, I kind of liken it to how do you beat Disney World? It's this mammoth thing and it's, it's a gigantic undertaking. It is so incredibly worth it. It is such a wonderful experience. The memories that you'll have for a lifetime uh, but it's a big deal. It's it's a big expense. You can never do all the things at Disney World that you would uh, like to do in, in one trip. How do you maximize it for your family? So going the first time, knowing that we would have a two-year-old, it would save us some money. We did a lot of research, and one of the things that people told us to do was to consider character meals. If you do the dining plan, I recommend the dining plan 
specifically because it allows me to prepay for all of my food. And then true vacation to me is going and enjoying things and not thinking about money. Being able to, you know, plan the vacation way early on, save and pay for the vacation so that by the time you actually do show up and uh, enjoy the trip and you're spending time with your family, that you're not thinking about every nickel and dime and you're not looking at menus and making decisions on food based on, you know, oh, well, I, th- th- I could really go for a steak right now, but I think maybe I should split a salad. That that type of a, a, a thing can kind of put a damper on a vacation. And knowing that in 2018, this was the trip we were taking, my husband and I had never taken our kids on a real legitimate vacation summer vacation it just never had happened before we wanted to do this we wanted to feel like we were fully immersing ourselves in the experience and and we wanted to make the most of it so character meals was something that was suggested to us as a way to with small kids still see a lot of characters still experience a lot of uh the some in some cases lesser uh or not lesser but just harder to find characters like if you go to Crystal Palace and Magic Kingdom, you get to see Winnie the Pooh, you get to see Tigger, you get to see Piglet, and you get to see Eeyore. And you get the experience of meeting all of them, of getting their autographs, of getting pictures with them. All of this together um, is a really cool experience when you get to pair it with uh, sitting down and eating a meal. One of the other things that I really like about character meal dining specifically is the fact that it is a sit-down experience. When I had little kids, it was nice. We're, you know, we go in the summer, we go at the end of July and early August. It's really great to be able to take a 1 p.m. Uh, sit-down lunch inside in the air conditioning and be able to have a, a cool experience that keeps the magic flowing. I really appreciated being able to combine different elements the the relaxing part of being inside of a restaurant the food the meal that we were going to obviously need to eat and also the character experience however i realize now that even though that is a suggestion that is out there very frequently it's possible that if you make those reservations too late in the afternoon depending on your family if naps are going to be required in the middle of the day that it is possible that that might actually lengthen your day in a way that isn't maximizing your vacation maybe it is better to grab some lunch on the way out of the park to head back to the resort and take the opportunity to take a nap or relax or maybe sit by the pool so again this is one of those examples of things that i researched that we used initially in our first and we have kind of first vacation and in our summer vacation Last year when we went, we've refined it a little bit and then learned some more lessons last year that we are now going to employ in our summer vacation this year going back to Disney World. So the character experiences was definitely something that I would recommend you consider, but make sure that you take into context your family and, and you know, maybe maybe you've got young kids and they do not want to have anything to do with characters. Maybe it's something that you want to actually avoid. So the first trip that we took, we wanted to do it. Um, we wanted to, you know, Disney on a budget. Is there such thing as Disney on a budget? Sure. There are ways to save money. There are ways to uh, make sure that you are spending a, a reserved amount of money to get the experience that is going to give you memories for a lifetime, just as much as there's probably an infinite amount of money that you can spend on your Disney World vacation. 
initially, our thought was, let's take a Florida vacation where we stop by Disney World and maybe we'll do two days. Maybe we'll go visit the Magic Kingdom one day and Hollywood Studios the next day and then we'll go to the beach and we'll relax because in my mind... That was going to be what allowed me to enjoy the vacation was to go to somewhere that was a little bit slower, somewhere that was a little bit calmer, and uh, that we would fit Disney World into a Florida vacation. The more we looked into what our vacation would be like and the more we realized how much there really was to do at Disney World, we thought, well, maybe we'll make it a three-day vacation. And then when I looked at the pricing on tickets... When you start booking your fourth and especially your fifth or sixth park day, for a family of five, uh, initially that first time since my two-year-old did not need a ticket, family of three, it was like 40 or $50 to add a whole another day. Like in total, everybody's ticket for the fifth day, it's, it's almost negligible what it costs to experience yet another day in the parks. So what we intended to be a two, maybe three-day trip turned out to be, I think, a five-night, six-day trip our initial time. We did uh, Magic Kingdom on the first, uh, let's see, the first and the last days, and then we spent the other uh, other days at the other parks and, and just kind of took everything in as we were there. At, going to our second trip, the one thing that we did realize that we wanted to do specifically for my husband's sake and my my sake, our sanity, was we decided we did want to invest in being able to stay a little bit longer. And the reason why was I think this is I think this is probably true for pretty much anybody's first trip to Disney World. There is so much to take in. It is so incredibly magical. You want to fit everything in. You want to do it all while you're there. And you push yourself. You you take twenty to 30,000 steps a day. You can go from sun up far past sundown to enjoy all that Disney World has to offer. It can become exhausting on its own. So our second go around, we decided one thing that was important to us was to stretch out the vacation a little bit. Not necessarily add more into the vacation, but to take it a little bit longer And to take it a little bit slower so you didn't feel as though you were going to be pushed into going, going, going all of the time. Funny thing was, is that the second time around when we were there, we still felt like we had more time. We wanted to do more. We uh, did not schedule in a resort day of sorts or a resort afternoon. That is something that on our third trip we have definitely made the time for. One thing uh, that we realized our second trip out there was that we spent a lot of time experiencing sit-down meals. And looking back on it, we would get the deluxe dining plan, which is an excessive amount of food, but we usually purchase the deluxe dining plan and then we share our credits along with uh, some other people who traveled with us. The year before, we shared some with our my in-laws who traveled with us, and then my brother and sister-in-law and their two kids came and, and visited us because they reside in Florida. So we had these extra credits with the deluxe dining plan, and we decided we would be able to share those and, and you know help accommodate some meals for them because it is expensive if you're paying out of pocket. And it was a nice way to be able to have big family dinners with our get-together. Um, I, w- I would encourage you to really consider doing the deluxe dining plan if you're going with people staying in multiple rooms and upgrade to that deluxe dining plan and if it, if you've got grandma and grandpa who are coming along see how you can use that deluxe dining plan and then accommodate 
uh, you're maybe if your mom and dad are going or if your grandma and grandpa uh, are staying in a separate room and they don't get the dining plan, you can use those credits and spread them out accordingly and save a little money or maybe even break even. But with those deluxe dining credits, you will get three credits per day per actually I should say per night is is the proper way to say it. So if you're staying for six days but five nights, however many people are staying in the room that the dining plan is booked on, each of those individuals will get three table service credits per night that you're staying in that room. That really adds up and the amount of food is enormous. So when we were uh, in Disney World last year and we shared some of our meals with some uh, some family members that weren't staying in our room, we realized we still had too much food and we were spending so much time sitting down and eating to the point where when we sat down to eat, we wouldn't even really be that hungry. It was like the next thing you had to do. And it probably was not the best use of our time spent in Disney World. We could be spending that time at the pool. You could spend that time taking naps. You could spend that time trying to ride another ride uh, or just relaxing somewhere, taking in the sights and sounds of Disney World uh, instead of being on the go, go, go. We realized the food that that we were planning for ourselves, the experiences with food was just maybe a little more than than was necessary for us. It's also, we have not had the opportunity yet to take advantage of the latest Disney Dining Plan that has come out. It's the Disney Dining Plus, which turns your two uh, meals that you would get on the Disney Dining, which was one table service and one quick service. Now they are giving you the opportunity to use those uh, two meal credits on the Disney Dining Plus plan for a little bit extra money. And it's it's uh, a little bit smaller than the Disney Deluxe. On the Disney Dining Plus plan, you get two meal credits and you can use those meal credits for both uh, quick service or table service, whatever you choose to do. I think this was a very, very great decision on Disney World's part. It allows people like that. That would be perfect for my family in the instance that we weren't sharing any of those credits with grandma and grandpa who were coming along. It's the right amount of food and it still allows you to enjoy those table service opportunities just like. Uh, Crystal Palace, where you go to meet Winnie the Pooh and his friends, or maybe a Chef Mickey's where you get to meet the Fab Five. So I think that Disney Dining Plus is a great addition to what Disney has to offer the travelers, the visitors, by way of the dining plan opportunities available to you. So this year, one of the biggest changes in our planning mentality uh, when we visit for uh, this summer was centered a lot around dining. We have now shifted our Disney dining strategy to be a two-meal proposition. Now, how we are doing this may vary on the day, and it may vary on uh, what we are trying to accomplish that day if maybe we want to get into the park super early or maybe um, we want to have a sleep-in day. One of the best ways that I think you can maximize this opportunity is to use the snack credits that you get on the dining plan if you're using the dining plan or if you're just in the park or if you want to bring some food to have in your hotel room. Try to service your breakfast, that like initial first meal that you want to have that day. Try to do that in the hotel room or if you have the dining plan, use a snack credit for something that is in the park. There are so many opportunities to get like a muffin or a donut or some sort of lots of healthy options, fruit that is available to you throughout the course of the parks where you can satisfy your need for breakfast with one of those snack credits or with a fairly low investment or even better, what I would suggest is doing like a, a, a food delivery, lots of places that, that will deliver groceries to your room. 
where you can have a gallon of milk in there and you can have cereal in there and you can have uh, the opportunity to have a loaf of bread and maybe a toaster, depending on the room you're staying in or, or something that is easy to eat, granola bars, so on and so forth, something that is easy to consume so that you can make sure that you have something to get you started off right in the day. So what I suggest doing is if you, <clears throat> excuse me, if you are looking to do the two meal uh, a day adventure, do the snacks, do uh, for breakfast, or maybe if you want to do a character breakfast, I love character bref- breakfasts, if you want to do a character breakfast in the morning, or you want to get an early reservation so you can get in the park earlier, like at Be Our Guest or in, in Magic Kingdom or Tusker House in Animal Kingdom, uh Akershus in Epcot and Hollywood and Vine in Hollywood Studios. Those are the four that we generally use. Sometimes they will, a lot of times they open, depending, Hollywood Studios is maybe the exception because their opening times continue to change with the Galaxy's Edge editions. But you can get an 8 a.m. reservation in, in the, at those restaurants in the park, which generally speaking, if you get the 8 a.m. reservation, the park opens at 9. That means you can get behind the rope and get into the restaurant, potentially get done eating maybe within 45 minutes of being in there. You are now in the park 15 minutes before open, and oftentimes this gives you great opportunities to get quickly in line for rides that would generally take quite a bit of time to go through the queue and to to get on and ride. So one of the things that we will be doing this, this trip around this summer is scheduling a lot of brunches. You have to look at each individual restaurant to see how uh, you can, you can uh, maximize this for you. Some, some breakfasts go till maybe 1030. Some, I know like Akershu specifically, I believe 1120 is the latest brunch that you can, you can enjoy. So what you do is you schedule a brunch, which means you can get into the park early if you like, or you can sleep in that day. You can enjoy a snack for breakfast. You can have, uh, if you've got some bananas and cereal in your room, you can have that type of a breakfast. Maybe make oatmeal. I know we made oatmeal quite a bit for our children uh, in the hotel room before we go to the park, just so they had something in their bellies before we would start uh, start our day to give them the energy they needed to get going. And it was a really, really great way to minimize when we go through the planning here of our trip this coming summer. I'm going to walk you through how we are measuring our days so far. And, of course, this is all subject to change. So on our arrival day, we usually tend to take the first flight out of St. Louis that we can get. So for us on this instance, it's a 6 a.m. flight. We will arrive at Disney World on the Magical Express probably about uh, 8.45 or 9, which means we could be at our resort at about 10 a.m. That's our intention. We are going to start our vacation out at San Angel Inn, which is in the Mexico Pavilion. And the uh, I I have read very mixed reviews on this restaurant. I will tell you that my experience there is fantastic. The margaritas are amazing. And it's not a character experience, but it, I feel like as an adult, my kids love Mexican food too, but as an adult, this is the ultimate way to start your vacation after traveling is to have a delicious margarita in Mexico, in Epcot, to kind of ease you into the the idea of being on vacation. And also, I will add, we are flying with my parents uh, the first time. They haven't been to Disney since, I think, 1991 when we went as kids. And I felt like this would be a good way to kind of show them the Disney landscape and to give them the opportunity to experience all the great of what Disney is 
without like hitting them with the castle right off the bat. I don't know. Maybe it's a philosophy that you might change or you might do differently. But knowing my parents, and again, this goes back to the you are going to know your family the best. Margaritas in Mexico is the way we will uh, initiate this first this this first step into our Disney World vacation. So our idea is, and I should also say we are staying at one of the Epcot hotels. So this will allow us to take our bags to uh, the beach club where we'll be staying and leave them because likely not to have our, our rooms available when we show up. We can give our our baggage, our carry-ons to the bellhop, and we can just walk right into Epcot and go right to lunch and just kind of casually go about our day. So after we eat at uh, San Angel Inn, we are going to probably just kind of mosey around Epcot for a little bit, wait for our room to get uh, ready and get the notification that it is is, uh, been taken care of. And as soon as we get that room notification, we are going to head back to the beach club. We're going to check out our rooms, get settled in, and then we are going to head on over to Magic Kingdom. So one suggestion that I have for you uh, on arrival day, when you go to make your fast passes, uh, 30... 60 days out if you are staying on property. If you have uh, some fast passes, if you're going to a park on your first day and you want some hard to get fast passes, what I would do is I would suggest that you consider making those uh, hard to get fast passes. Maybe do them for the evening because it's good to have your fast passes all together so that you can use them in the park while you're, you know, obviously when you make your fast passes, they all have to be in the same park uh, when you make them 60 days ahead of time. If you attempt to make some fast passes for that evening, you might be able to get some of the harder to get fast passes uh, because they would be available to book in the evening, whereas you're not going to book a mine train at 10 a.m. on day one of your vacation. They're going to have been scooped up by people booking them before you. You might not even be able to get a mine train in the evening, but I would suggest making your fast pass plans if you intend to do the uh, to, to do a park on your first day to kind of ease into it and make those fast passes for the evening and, and secure some better ones that way and then modify, look to modify them and see if you can get the better one if it becomes available. So we will do some fast passes uh, in magic kingdom right now. The ones I have marked on here, space mountain, mine train and thunder mountain. We'll see if we can get those in the afternoon evening at uh, magic kingdom. So we're easing into Epcot. When we first arrive, we're going to get a margarita to take the edge off and, and we'll, you know, do the, the, the ride there in the Mexican pavilion as well. While we're in there, that's an easy ride to walk on. And then we will have dinner at, Liberty Tree Tavern in Magic Kingdom. One of my favorite restaurants, a great place to take uh, people who maybe are pickier eaters. I can be a picky eater for sure. Uh, Kids love it as well. One of the best desserts on property, I think, is their toffee uh, crunch cake. What is it? It's like I, I, I liken it to a blondie. Uh, with with toffee and ice cream on a skillet is so delicious. And then that evening, my intention is to see Happily Ever After. Another tip for your planning of your vacations, this is something that I highly recommend, that is to make sure that you, the shows that you want to see, the two that I have to see on vacation when I go Happily Ever After and Fantasmic, I try to see those early in my trip because I have gone to see, uh, we have intended to see shows and gotten rained out. And then we have had to kind of reconfigure our whole vacation uh, throughout the course of the rest of the week to make sure that we had a good weather day and a good opportunity to see those shows that we didn't want to miss. 
I lay out my vacation so that the first night I'm going to see Happily Ever After, the second night I'm going to see Fantasmic. If any of those get messed up because of the weather or something comes up where uh, you aren't able to do that, you will still have time down the road in your in your trip to make sure that you can accommodate those shows because you definitely want to see them. You don't want to you don't want to take your trip and not be able to uh, experience Happily Ever After. The projections in the castle, the fireworks are amazing. It's a really amazing experience. Kind of one of the the, the preeminent Disney World experiences that you can have. So uh, that's my tip. Try to see those shows early in, in your trip. And then, worst case scenario, you go back and you see them again. Definitely, I have no problem watching those those shows uh, multiple times if the, if the opportunity arises. And again, in Hollywood Studios, they have multiple evening shows. They have, a, I think it's a Galactic Spectacular is the name of the show that's the Star Wars show in Hollywood Studios. And they... A lot of times they're playing at the same time. You cannot do both. So get the one done that you really want to make sure that you get to see and then go see the other one uh, later if if the opportunity arises or just go back and see Fantasmic again. So happily ever after at Magic Kingdom will round out our first day. And then the next day we get up and we go to Hollywood Studios. Hollywood Studios is a place where if you're going to do it, you want to start out fast. Assuming that the boarding pass uh, situation is still the way they are doing Rise of the Resistance, you need to make sure that you're there in the park when it opens to try to secure one of those boarding passes. So we will start our next day out bright and early trying to secure the uh, Rise of the Resistance boarding pass for our group. And then also something that is important to my little family, and if you don't have kiddos, uh, then this this doesn't apply to you, but there is a thing called Jedi training at Hollywood Studios. It is such a cool opportunity where they take, I think you have to be 12 and under, I think is the age. But if you are 12 or under, you can sign up for Jedi training, and what they do is they take you, and you get to be a part of this show, and it's a bunch of little kids, and they put the little cloaks on them. I don't know if that's the right name, capes, whatever it is. They look like cloaks to me. And they wear these cloaks, and they march from one side of the park, right by Indiana Jones, over to where Star Tours is, and there is this awesome little show that they become a part of. And oh my gosh, they get to, with lightsabers, battle Darth Vader and Kylo Ren, and it's so amazing. It is one of the just most heartwarming memories that I have. The sound system is great. Darth Vader walks out. These doors slide open, and a bunch of, of smoke flies out, and Darth Vader comes out to, the I guess, the Imperial March. It is, it, I mean, it is so well done and so amazing when you see your little guy uh, or a little girl, boys and girls, absolutely both can do this. My my three-year-old, then four-year-old, I think you have to be four. I think four is the minimum age just, just before you, you tell your two and three-year-old that they can do this. I think it's four to 12. My four-year-old daughter is, she, she, anytime she gets scared of something, we always say, use the force. And then she goes from being terrified to like sticking her hand out and getting her, her force face on. And it's like she can take on the world. I cannot wait to see her uh, do Jedi training with her big brother. And then the middle one, my middle daughter, she's kind of, she's kind of thinking about it because it is Darth Vader. Darth Vader does scare kids. Kylo Ren is kind of scary, um, but it's so empowering. And they have uh, magic maker, a, no, what do you call it? Photo pass photographers that are there that are taking professional photos during the whole thing. You get a card, you plug it into your memory maker, and you get those photos as well. But here's the trick. 
If you're interested in Jedi training, please understand that you have to get to the park early and you have to physically sign up. You can't make a reservation early. You can't uh, get a fast pass for it. You have to go to the area that's right around. I think it's the exit of the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular. And you have to go with your child. It has to be present with you. And you get to sign up. And I think that they're at least hourly. And I think the show lasts about 20 minutes. And so you show up, you sign up, and then you come back 30 minutes before the show is to begin to that same location. And they give you the cloak and then they, they that you can go to the, the show where they'll march to. And the kids are all like, Jedi training, here we come. And they just march, march, march. And it is, it's, everybody stops and turns their heads and smiles ear to ear as people see these little kids marching to uh, lightsaber battle Darth Vader and Kylo Ren. So get to the park early on at Hollywood Studios and make sure that you have signed your little one up for Jedi training and you can kind of plan ahead which which uh, which different Jedi training you want to do because uh, you'll have some some choices. It's a fantastic thing to do. Highly, highly, highly recommend. So that ne- that the second day we are there, we will go to Hollywood Studios. We are intending at this point in time to do fast passes of Tower of Terror, Smuggler's Run, and Toy Story Mania. Now, granted, they can change the tiers for fast passes anytime. And right now, I believe that the top tier is uh, Smuggler's Run, is uh, the Runaway Railway, the new Mickey ride, and then also Slinky Dog. So you have to figure out which of those three is the number one, the tier one Fast Pass you want to do, and then you can fill in the other ones elsewhere. A lot of people I hear recommend Fast Pass Smuggler's Run and Rope Drop Slinky Dog, and I'm sure that uh, that target will move over the course of time to make sure that you are doing the best thing. Just keep keep looking at crowd calendars, keep doing your research based on the time that you are listening to this. we have a 10 a.m. reservation, 10.30 a.m. reservation at Hollywood and Vine. This is another tip. So this is a going to be a brunch. So we'll grab something to eat on the way out of the hotel room so that our bellies aren't empty. We'll go, you know, rope drop, probably slinky dog or whatever we're going we're gonna to do first thing in the morning. But we're going to have a later breakfast and a brunch of sorts a lot of times too if you do if you book during brunch they will have out both breakfast and lunch items and you can eat from either of them so you can kind of depending on who uh, if, if it's if it's a buffet specifically a lot of people can have uh you know whatever they prefer breakfast or lunch i could eat breakfast at any meal so the other thing about hollywood and vine this is an opportunity to plus up your vacation hollywood and vine is participant in the uh, vip package for phantasmic that's the nighttime show at uh, disney's hollywood studios it's one of my favorite shows absolutely and when you book through the vip package you have to make sure when you get the reservation that you book it through the vip package you have to uh get these little cards and they will give you VIP tickets that will get you into a special admittance section in Fantasmic. It is center of the pavilion. It is prime seating. You do not have to wait in the same line that you, that that other people would have. You get a little opportunity to uh, scooch forward and get that prime seating. I highly recommend it. Uh, and again, Fantasmic, unlike Happily Ever After, is in a like a pavilion of sorts, outdoor pavilion. You get to sit down and watch as opposed to stand and and jockey for position. And also, in my experience, the VIP section is way less crowded than a lot of the other sections are, even the Fast Pass. Although, if you can Fast Pass Fantasmic, if you can get one of those at the end of the day, not a bad idea at all. 
We will go to Sci-Fi Dine in Theater at Hollywood Studios that evening. So our only two meal reservations that day will be a brunch at Hollywood and Vine within the Fantasmic VIP package and then a about a 6.30 Sci-Fi Dine in Theater uh, dinner. Highly recommend using your snack credits to kind of tide you over if you need to. But there's a chance that if you're eating the amount of food that you get with the credits that you're given, you might not be hungry anyway. If you do decide, then you can go grab a savory snack, grab a, a, a popcorn bucket. You can grab, um, you know, a sweet treat. There's so many different options you can use that I've we have always found that we have so many snack credits left over at the end of the trip. Use them. Don't hoard them. You'd be in a much better situation to use. I know this is, a, this is another piece of advice that a lot of people will will provide that I don't necessarily think is the greatest advice. If you have snack credits and they'll always say, you know, don't use your snack credits on a bottle of water. Don't use them on a bottle of soda. That's not, you know, you're better off just buying it. I actually disagree with that because I don't need to take a bunch of snacks home with me. I would much rather have a bottle of water, uh, you know, a bottle of Aquafina, I think, is what they have in the parks. That is the right thing at the right time. It keeps me hydrated, keeps me, you know, being healthy in the parks. Even if it's not the most valuable credit you can, like I I have moved out of the thinking of we've got to order the most expensive things or use the credits in the most expensive ways in order to really, really max out the value of the dining plan. I think that that becomes kind of exhausting in and of itself. And for me, the value in the dining plan is having it paid for ahead of time, being able to go on the trip and just getting what I want and not having, you know, whether it's super expensive or if it's one of the cheaper items. I just think if you get to the point where you are ordering the things that you want and treating yourself when you want to treat yourself. That is how I find it most beneficial to my family. So we will go to Sci-Fi Dine and Theater and enjoy dinner there. And then we will take in Fantasmic. And chances are at Fantasmic, if we're a little bit hungry then, which I don't anticipate that we would be, then we will enjoy a snack, a, a treat at Fantasmic while we're watching the show. Maybe a soda, maybe uh, some churros or some ice cream. Options are, are almost endless. You can enjoy all of that at Fantasmic. The next day, we have an 8 a.m. reservation at Tusker House. And this is one of those opportunities where you can enjoy a, a, a reservation at a park at 8 a.m. when the park doesn't actually open until 9 a.m. So when we go into Tusker House, that is a character meal. We'll get to meet Mickey and and, and his friends at Tusker House for breakfast. Uh, Tusker House has some really interesting, authentic food, but they also will have Mickey waffles and scrambled eggs and sausage, like standard breakfast fare, which is absolutely delicious. And you get to meet Mickey and his friends. You get in there at 8 a.m., and if you can get out by 8.45, you can go walk right on to uh, Kilimanjaro Safaris, or you can try to vibe yourself in line to get to Pandora, although the rope drop might have already started by then. But you can get yourself a 15-minute head start on other folks who have not quite made it that far into the park. When you have an early morning reservation, oftentimes you go check in with somebody as you're walking in towards the restaurant. There will be a cast member there that will be holding a clipboard and they will, uh, or a tablet probably, and they will put your name in and they'll see you have a reservation and they'll let you through. This is a great opportunity to get into the park and to be able to experience something a little bit early. For us, we will then fast pass Expedition Everest, The Lion King, and hopefully Flight of Passage. Flight of Passage is one of those harder ones to get to. I put Flight of Passage towards the end of it because it's more likely that we will get a later Flight of Passage than an earlier one. And also, if you are in Pandora when you use your last Fast Pass, you can try to get one of those Navi River Fast Passes and uh, not have to trek all across the park. 
Um, one of the things that I highly recommend you doing is to fast pass earlier in the day a Kilimanjaro safari uh, because usually the animals are more active in the morning and I think in the evening when the sun is going down. Hopefully I'm getting that correct. Uh, but again, if you're using Tusker House and you're getting into the park early, you're going to be able to skip that line. You don't need to use the fast pass on uh, the safari because you're going to be getting the head start because of the early morning reservation. So that won't be a brunch. That's going to be an early morning breakfast. So what we intend to do is to do a snack lunch. I highly recommend checking out the different snacks that are available in the park, especially savory snacks that you can turn into meals in and of themselves. Flame Tree Barbecue, in my opinion, in Animal Kingdom is one of the best places on property to be able to get a full meal out of a snack credit. They have french fries that are covered in pulled pork and cheese and they're delicious and they're heavy and they're a snack credit and they will I can I actually got them last time I shared my order with my son we were both fully satisfied and it was a single snack credit so if you can discipline yourself to be able to go into uh, a park and into a food situation where you know here are the snack options everybody can be fed here you can get away with not having to use a dining credit for uh, that meal you can use a snack credit so what we are going to do uh, after that is I have to have that rest of that day kind of open because being that that will be will be a two and a half days into our vacation, it might be time for us to relax a little bit. It might be time for us to really take in and enjoy the amazing pool at the beach club. It might be time for us to, you know, spend six or seven times trying to ride Expedition Everest over and over again. It'll depend on the weather. It'll depend on our mood. It'll depend on my children who will be completely unpredictable. So the rest of that afternoon is a bit open. The dinner that we have scheduled is the 815 show for Spirit of Aloha. Another lesson that I have learned over the course of planning these vacations. We went to the earlier, is it 515, I think, or 510, the earlier show. There are two shows for Spirit of Aloha. Last year, we decided to do it and to take it in, and it was an amazing experience, but we did go to that first show. A couple of of reasons why I would highly suggest considering booking the second show. Yes, it's later in the evening. Yes, it's 8 o'clock, but... They have a fire uh, thrower or whatever, fire a fireman, a guy who is taking these uh, juggling fire and throwing fire up in the air. And it is amazing. The kids absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. But it's way cooler to see when it's dark outside. That's that's uh, reason number one why I would hi- highly suggest going in the evening uh, at the later show, at the 8 o'clock show. But in, in conjunction with that, the second reason is it's going to be cooler. And, and the event is covered, but it's outside. And we went in the end of July. It was hot. I mean, to the point where I, I had... You know, we got dressed up to go to that. The family... We took family pictures at the Polynesian, like... Photo pass pictures, not not like super fancy pictures, but we wanted to have a nice photo of us all dressed nicely where you, you know, you wash your hair and you dry your hair and maybe you actually put on makeup that day and the kids were nicer clothes and we took the photos. By the time we were maybe past the appetizer section, I had my hair up in a ponytail and I it was just, whew. It was hot. So if you go to book the later meal, I think that's a great opportunity to enjoy a an extremely enjoyable meal even more. So that's going to be kind of a late night. And if you're at the Polynesian and you, and you uh, if, if, if the fireworks are uh, after the show is over, depending on which show that you go to, you can see the fireworks from the beach at the Polynesian. You can absolutely take them in and enjoy them there as well. 
The next day after we take in Spirit of Aloha at the evening show, we do have uh, an 8 a.m. reservation booked at Be Our Guest in Magic Kingdom. This follows the same line of thinking as Tusker House, which is um, the get in at 8 a.m., you get behind the rope, you get to enjoy your meal, and then you get to get into the park a little bit early and uh, maybe get on a ride a little bit early. One, one tip I will say, though, if they have extra magic hours, which means if you're on property, you can get into the park an hour early. If you book an 8 a.m. reservation and there are extra magic hours or even more so if they have, I think it's early morning magic, which is a, a ticketed event, you're prob- you won't be able to ride those rides early. So just make sure that when you book those early morning reservations, you do it when there isn't already an event booked in the early morning because it kind of negates the benefit of being there early. Um, Be Our Guest is a great use of a quick service credit, and uh, so we will be enjoying that at 8 a.m. And then we have Fast Passes uh, currently for Haunted Mansion, Splash Mountain, and Big Thunder Mountain. Remember, we did the, uh, we enjoyed the Space Mountain Mine Train and Thunder Mountain the first time. I could definitely see us potentially... Um, fast passing again mine train the idea is be our guest is located right next to the mine train so the idea would be get off get out of of be our guest go right on the mine train immediately chances are we will probably still consider switching that to a mine train fast pass if it is available at the time of booking and then in the afternoon we will have a one o'clock lunch at Crystal Palace. That is the Winnie the Pooh character experience and a really cool opportunity to meet some different characters, get some good food at Crystal Palace in the Magic Kingdom. After the Magic Kingdom that day, we intend to go uh, back to the resort and either go into Epcot or chill out at the resort and relax a little bit. Again, going back to make the vacation a little bit longer, slow it down a little bit to make sure that you actually leave vacation feeling refreshed and not like run dry. And then a delicious meal at Via Napoli. It is a pizza, wood-fired pizza, Italian place in the Italy Pavilion at Epcot. And it is so amazing. That night we intend to see, uh, which I think it might be Harmonious, the new show that is coming to Epcot. Or it could be Epcot Forever, which is playing right now. I'm not 100% sure on the start date of Harmonious. And that evening, we have it marked down, but there is a 10 p.m. to midnight magic hour, uh, extra magic hours at the Magic Kingdom. Kind of could be something where my husband and I go back and do ourselves or that likely will turn into we're sleepy. Let's go home. Let's take let's let's get some sleep. The next day, we have um, a golf trip booked. My husband and my parents are going to go golfing. I'm going to stay and sleep in with the kids and get a little extra rest. And then we have our Akershus brunch scheduled. This is an 11 a.m brunch and this is where you get to eat one of the most delicious breakfasts on property in my opinion and meet all of the princesses that will be there this is a one credit princess dining experience with a delicious meal whereas if you were to go to uh, cinderella's royal table you will be paying two credits to meet those princesses i think acrosuce is a better experience all around except you're not in the castle. That is the big benefit of booking at Cinderella's Royal Table. But for twice the credits, you'll have to decide for yourself the value of being in the castle during that meal. 
So one of the things that I highly suggest is making that fast pass for Frozen Ever After in conjunction with an Akershus reservation. Akershus is another place where you can get up early and go at 8 a.m. and you can get out of Akershus uh, at about 8.50 and you can walk right on to Frozen Ever After. My husband and I did that with our kids two years ago and literally we walked through the whole fast pass queue, walked right onto the ride and our boat was not even full of people because there was nobody there quite yet. That is a great benefit of booking Akershus in the morning and and being there at 8 a.m. and then being able to uh, get right on Frozen Ever After. However, we wanted to sleep that day, so we are going to get a 10 a.m. Frozen Ever After Fast Pass, and then right after that, we are going to go to Akershus. That evening, we are going to, well, for lunch at least, if there's anything we want to have for lunch, if we get hungry before dinner, we'll snack an Epcot. And then that is the evening that my parents are going to go back home. So we're going to enjoy a beaches and cream dinner at the Beach Club, which is where our resort is, where we'll be staying, so we can kind of take it easy and ease out of the vacation with my parents um, as they depart. So the next day, for the next four days, we will be there uh, individually with our uh, kids, just my husband and I, and we we booked. This is this is something I would recommend for sure. We booked a Cinderella Royal Table breakfast at eight a.m. And the reason why I recommend doing this is because if you decide later that you would like to go to Cinderella's Royal Table, and you didn't book it when you could, there is a limited chance that you are going to be able to snag it later. We are not. We we actually booked it thinking there was maybe a. 20% chance that we would actually do that. I booked it for my whole, all five of us. We've thought that maybe we would also book a Be Our Guest in the morning and the boys would go to Be Our Guest and the girls could go to Cinderella's Royal Table. We're not sure what we want to do, but we booked all five of us there and thought we could modify down as opposed to wishing we would have done it earlier. So that would get us into the park early on that day. We could cancel it and we could maybe just decide to take an easy day. Uh, but another day at Magic Kingdom that will end in the afternoon and we will head over to hoop de doo This was an experience that my husband and I had uh, when we went ourselves in January into February. And hoop de doo is such an amazing experience. It is a two-credit experience, but I will tell you what, as, as, as maybe hokey as it sounds on the surface, it is a fantastic show. It is funny. The food is amazing. And the experience is really cool. And it's fun to go see uh, Fort Wilderness and see the the campsites out there and, and kind of get to see a different corner of Disney World in the process. And then we have an open evening. And I, th- I think it's very important for us to be able to have some of these open evenings where we can crash if we want to, we can stroll if we want to, we can go shop if we want to, or we can just see what kind of cool fast passes we can get and uh, go, go, go with the flow. Also, when you leave these evenings open as well, it gives you the opportunity to catch a show that maybe if weather became a factor, you didn't get to see Happily Ever After. Sometimes they'll do Happily Ever After in less than favorable uh, weather circumstances, but in the process, they won't do the full show as if the weather was doing just fine. So if you want to go back and see it again, that is a good opportunity to do that. The A couple of the other highlights that we have um, booked for the for the last two days of our trip, we have um, a garden grill breakfast. My husband and I enjoyed this. That was such an amazing experience. Chip and Dale are there and Pluto and Mickey. And the experience of being in that restaurant, for some reason, 
my initial impression of Garden Grill was maybe less than favorable, but I kept hearing people say, you got to do it. You got to give it a try, especially the breakfast is amazing. So my husband and I decided that we would go try it out when we went uh, in late winter here, and it was amazing. Can't wait to take my kids on this experience. So we have a Garden Grill uh, brunch again of sorts booked on that Saturday in a Tony's Town Square in Magic Kingdom. We experienced Tony's Town Square as a parade VIP experience when we went last time. It's just another way to book the reservation. It doesn't cost you anything extra if you're using the dining plan and a really good way to get VIP sitting at the um, at the parade in Magic Kingdom. So we, the, our last day in Magic Kingdom, we usually try to go see Happily Ever After or be in the Magic Kingdom so we can just squeeze every last ride out of our experience there. Also, kind of fun, if you don't intend to jockey for a great position at Happily Ever After, uh, you can like ride the people mover, and it's kind of a cool way to experience the fireworks and to kind of see the park come alive during that evening show. Uh, same thing with some of the roller coasters. And then the last day, we haven't booked anything yet. We haven't decided yet, which is one of the things as I wrap up this this episode of this podcast that I would highly encourage you to do. Lay out a plan. Start a plan. Figure out what you think you want to do and then keep revisiting it because you will change your mind. You will adapt. You will uh, something new might open up uh, since I've made these plans. The Regal Eagle um, Smokehouse opened up in Epcot and I really, really definitely want to try that. So we'll have to fit that in somewhere. But being able to be flexible and be open is still very, very, very possible when you still I have a I'm looking at my color coded spreadsheet in in Google Sheets and and it's a living, breathing document, as I say. So if you are considering uh, planning a Disney vacation, I highly recommend looking and reading and researching and listening to podcasts just like this, but also just being flexible and knowing that if you are hearing consistent advice from from individuals from one podcast to the, to the next YouTube video and yet one YouTube video to the next article that you read. If you're hearing consistent advice on what you should do, please also know if that conflicts with what you know your family to be, if, if your family is not going to get up and function in the morning and you know that you ease into your day much better, it's a much more pleasant experience for everybody when they're involved understand your family and go with your gut. That's the best thing you can possibly do. And I will say uh, a, a big encouragement for you to consider using Erica Murphy. If you are looking for a travel agent, you can reach out to her at er- it's Erica, E-R-I-K-A, at magicexpeditions.com. And she also has a podcast, or excuse me, a Facebook page that you can check out. It's Erica Murphy Magic Expeditions on Facebook. Go like her page there and you can follow on- along with information because chances are you have more questions than you can ever find answers to. And she really is fantastic when it comes to asking you the questions, learning your family and how you might vacation, even when you might even not even know the answers when she asks them, you might have to think about it. But she, her goal is to make sure that you have the best time that you can possibly have when you're at Disney World and having somebody on your side who understands the process and understands the flow of things at Disney World. When, like me, the first time I went, I did not know. I learned a lot of lessons that would have been great to not have to learn on my own to make that first experience an even greater experience. So if you're considering planning a Disney vacation or if you've planned them before and you want to go again, it doesn't cost you anything extra to use Erica. She's my friend, and uh, it's it's a pleasure for me to be able to recommend you to her. Erica at MagicExpeditions.com. Thanks for listening to this episode. I might have to, in a few months, maybe update my plan for 
our summer vacation and we'll see how it compares to this one because again it is a, a growing developing evolving process and one of my my husband and I just love a Friday night where we get to sit down and go over the spreadsheet and consider new things or try to figure out ways to maximize our trip and our expense and it's always always worth it to make a trip to Disney World thanks for listening to the Pixie Dust podcast uh, this time we'll be back next week with another edition of Main Street Cred with Tony Colombo and Erica Murphy back next week as well. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again soon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.